Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. So Lord, we thank you for Peter. We thank you that you have restored him, Lord. And we're looking forward to hearing your word for us today, Lord Jesus. Come and bless him this morning. Anoint him to preach your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So a couple of weeks ago, um, I was uh, in a prayer meeting and uh, I was just uh, asking God, uh, what do you want to say to me this morning? And uh, God said to me, everything is connected. And I was like, yeah, well, that's fairly obvious, isn't it? And I started to look around the room and and I invite you just to look around the room that you're in right now, whether you're at home, Harlem Mill here, and just look around and everything's connected. Uh, the walls kind of come up from the floor and um, there's kind of angles on things and there's doorways and there's, there's kind of there's, there's screws holding stuff together. You know, doors don't fall off when you walk through them because they've got screws holding them to the door jam, which in turn is, is onto the wall. And there's all these different bits. And I know Nathan knows this, building a house at the moment, he had to start and dig out a big hole in the ground and uh, put in some foundations, which he could then put everything else on. And everything is connected. Even the chairs you're sitting on, they've got little screws in to stop the seats falling off. And uh, they're connected to the floor because gravity works. And, and so kind of everything is connected. And, and I was quite kind of like, okay, God, I can see that everything is connected. And I closed my eyes, and in my eye, I was taken out into the universe. And I was like, ha-ha, God, everything's not connected there, is it? And as I watched, there was a scaffold tower kind of erected across the universe. And this scaffold tower connected up all the planets and the stars And I was like, what are you trying to say, God, is put together? Just mind-blowing. And uh, then we got into our elders' meeting that morning, and we were trying to work out who was going to speak. And as we looked at it, we um, we, uh, looked at the different verses, and this verse is from Colossians 2.19. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. And I was like, I'm going to speak on that one if that's all right. And uh, I told them why, and uh, they were like, yeah, sure. If God's speaking to you, then uh, you'd best stand at the front and speak about it. So that's why I'm here this morning. Now, up until this point in Colossians 2, as we've been going through it, you'll have realized that um, it's all talking about the individual. It's talking about us as Christians and our walk with God, and uh, how actually we can't add anything to the grace that we've received. We can't put anything extra on, or if we try to, it actually just detracts from what God has done for us. We can't do anything that gains our salvation, because it's already been done. And I want to ask you this morning, what or who holds your life together? 
What if, like Job, stuff was taken away from you? Maybe your wife or your husband, your family, your children, they were taken away. Maybe all your wealth disappears. What would happen to you? And I just wonder how we would feel. But you know, when this verse is talking about everything being held together, it's not talking about us as individuals. It's actually talking about the church. So there's this bit about you as an individual, and after this verse, it's talking about you as an individual, and I think um, Neil did a good job last week, and he talked through a whole big passage, including this verse. But this verse is different. It talks, it kind of takes a tangent, and it talks about the church, and uh, it talks about how our individual behavior changes who we are as the church of God. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And what we're reminded of in this verse is that we're all held together as the church by Christ. The beginning bit of the verse, if um, the verse can just go back up again, it says, We are not connected if we are proud. And uh, we heard about how pride can get in the way of our walk with God last week. And actually, the beginning of this verse says, we start, as individuals connected into Christ, we start to wander away and be separated from the church if we start to do it all in our own strength. But actually, we need to rely on Christ and in his strength if we are going to be fully connected and held together. Matthew, I need you to put your phone down and uh, come up here, please. He doesn't know this. Um, You can just stand here, right in the camera. That's great. So, um, our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. And uh, um, right at the beginning um, of this series, I think it was, I spoke and I talked about us um, as uh, embryos in our mother's wombs growing up and getting bigger. Um, Matthew's slightly bigger than he was when he was born. Um, that would have been painful, wouldn't it, Pamela? Um, so, um, and I remember sitting in embryology lectures where um, there, I was next to James, really good friend, and there was a few other Christians, and we were all on the back row of the, uh, the, the lecture theatre, and I remember which lecture theatre we were, where we were, and uh, we were being lectured about embryology, and uh, as we sat at the back, we were just worshipping God about how amazing our bodies are that we will put together in such a complicated way to be who we are. And you know, all of your body is there for a reason. You might not know why that, what that reason is. You know, there might be um, an appendix that you're not sure why you've got one or why they took it away. Um, but actually, all of you is there for a reason. But If you took the bones and the ligaments out, you would end up like a little jellyfish on the floor. Mark, um, so what does a little jellyfish look like? Looks like that. Isn't that sweet? Now, Jesus holds his church together. 
with joints and ligaments, we're told. And, and actually, without him, if you take away those joints and ligaments, which is Christ, actually, the church ends up like a big jellyfish on the floor. What does the big jellyfish look like? So, you can imagine what you'd be like as a little jellyfish, but you can imagine what the church would be like if we take Christ our way. We'd end up just like a big jellyfish. Thank you. So, I want to read you um, a bit from uh, the message, and um, it's going to take me a few minutes to read this passage from 1 Corinthians 12, and I don't want you to look it up, Um, and uh, if you want, you can close your eyes, and I just want to read this bit. It's a familiar passage, 1 Corinthians 12, and it talks about how the church is. And I just want to read it to you from the message, because as I read this this week, I realized that actually it said something different as I read it than what I'd heard previously. So um, Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts, and he gets to this point in chapter 12, and he says, You can easily see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but... No matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to live independently. We used to call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. That is what he proclaimed in word and action when we were baptised. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek or slave or free, they're, they're no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. And I want you to think about how all of this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to the body, would that make it so? Or if ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive. I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? And if it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, it would be a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine I telling hand, oh, get lost, I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. 
The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed. Higher or lower. You give it dignity and honour just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, would you prefer good digestion or full-bodied hair? The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Each part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one, pain hurt, uh, one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts God has formed in his church, which is his body. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, those who pray in tongues. But it's obvious by now, isn't it? About Christ Church is a complete body. It's not gigantic, a unidimensional part. It's not all apostle, not all prophet, not all miracle worker, not all healer or prayer in tongues, not all interpreter of tongues. And yet some of you keep compel- competing for so-called important parts. But now I will show you um, a far better way. I love that as I read it this week. And I, I was excited um, at those pictures. You know, I haven't got a full head of hair and I haven't got a great stomach, to be quite honest. Um, but hopefully I have bits of my body that keep me going. And you know what? As a church... We probably look a bit weird, and that's okay. When you look around the church, it doesn't feel like it should hold together. You look at the people who are involved, and it shouldn't work. If I was designing a company, I probably wouldn't think, oh, I'll I'll just get a whole load of disparate people from different backgrounds and lump them all together, and let's see what we can do with them. No, I'd go out and find certain people for certain roles and make sure they were perfect for the job. But that's not what the church is like. But I want to encourage you that like a drawer full of pencils, they've all got the lead running through the middle. And what have you got in you as a Christian? You have got the Holy Spirit running right the way through. And you know, as the Holy Spirit is in us all, Christ holds us together like ligaments and bones and stops us being a lump of jelly on the floor. We all share salvation. We all experience grace. There's not two levels of Christianity, as Neil pointed out last week. We are all sinners saved by grace. 
You know, if you all tried to be up here and be the preacher, well, no one would be listening. But I'm not better because I'm at the front. It's just the bit that I've been given to do. Scarily, it says I'll be judged more harshly because I've been given this job rather than another. But there's not one greater job than another. If we all wanted to be the person who washes the tea towels, where would all the other things in church life happen? But the tea towels still need cleaning, and we're grateful that it happens. It's not visible. Most people don't know that it happens. But it helps us function. Now, there's no rules for us to come to church. We don't have to tick off a tick list before we arrive on a Sunday morning. And uh, that was something else Neil was talking about last week. But we want to be here because of Jesus. He is our connecting factor. That's the thing that pulls us all together. You know, we don't all believe the same stuff. We've all got things that we interpret differently from the Bible. We're all slightly different. You know, we don't all enjoy the same style of worship. Some of us like quiet and meditative, and other people like to jump up and down. We don't all break our necks to be at the prayer meeting. Some people, it's the first place they're going to be. Before all other meetings, they're going to be at the prayer meeting. I struggle with the prayer meeting, especially on Zoom, because I hear from God in the quiet. And I find like a Zoom prayer meeting being a bit like trying to hear God in a stadium full of people. I just hear all these voices coming over the connection and I'm just like, ah, I can't hear you at all, God. Doesn't, just doesn't work for me. But if we were all the same, it wouldn't work. And God takes us, a disparate punt, bunch of people who, who are, you know, we've all got our foibles and he puts us together And he says, I have purpose for you. I've got a job for you. And actually, I want to see you go out into the world, sharpened up and ready to do what I have for you to do. We are all one in that. Ephesians 3. I think we're going to get a bit more of Ephesians 3 in a a couple of weeks' time. Ephesians 3 says... Um, Paul says, I was chosen to explain to everybody this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church, that's us, to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. And I love it as we worship together and we experience that coming in to God's presence. 
But it's mind-blowing when we think before the creation of the universe, God knew. God knew what his church would look like. God knew that he wanted to put you here. God knew the purpose he has for you being part of his church. And you might think like you've been stuck in a drawer doing nothing, but actually, he has purpose for you. He wants to use you for part of his eternal plan. Now that's exciting. And how does the church grow? It grows because God nourishes it. It doesn't get grow because we've got a better sound system or because you get a fantastic welcome if you walk through the door. It grows as we worship together, as we listen to God and as Christ knits us together. Try functioning apart from your joints and your ligaments. It doesn't work. You're just a jellyfish. So why do we try and function without Christ? Individually, That's what this whole of this chapter 2 has been about. Or as a church, what this verse is about. John 1 starts like this, and, and this is talking about Jesus, the Word, who was there from the beginning. It says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. That's Jesus. That's the one who joins us together. If I, I could get the band to come back up. We, um, we are that church. And Christ is the one who holds us. Christ is the one who was there before the creation of the universe. And yet he came and he died for us so that we might be saved, and then he gives us his spirit to join us together to achieve his eternal purposes. You have got massive, massive value. And you might feel like a blunt pencil. And he wants to say to you this morning, stand up and get sharpened. So I want to encourage you to stand Let's stand before God, wherever you are, and let's worship, and let's let him sharpen us up so that he can achieve his eternal purpose with you. Just reflect on that, his eternal purpose with you. That's incredible.